A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Never more. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Pete Quinnell, and today, once again, I am joined by Adam Pearson. How are you doing, Pete Cornell? It is a pleasure to be here. Happy Saturday. Yes, thank you very much. I'm doing pretty well today. I'm doing okay. How about you, mate? I, I'm, I'm also also doing well. Really enjoyed SmackDown. I don't know how they built a pay-per-view in a week better than they can in six, but we'll <laughs> very much get on to that. Yes, for sure. Uh, let's let's dive straight into the show uh, because the most shocking thing came at the very end of the show, which we're going to talk about first, which is now that Roman Reigns is a Paul Heyman guy. Good God, here's the show. Roman Reigns, oh my word, the big dog is a Paul Heyman guy, but I'm still not sure if he's a heel. <laughs> See, I got a lot of flack yesterday because on the AEW review I was doing, I don't know how we brought it up, but I mentioned that, I think it was just on the podcast bit actually, that I mentioned that I was baffled by the amount of people after SummerSlam that said Roman was a heel. I was like, he's not a heel. He's doing Roman things. He's been doing this for months, years. He's been doing this where he comes out and just beats people Mm -hmm. up because he can. That's a Roman thing to do. That's not a heel thing to do. But now I'm thinking he is a heel because of what happened on SmackDown. Now now it has a bit more credibility Mm. because of the Paul Heyman factor. Because that's heavily associated with the Brock Lesnar factor, who is absolutely 100% a heel. Yeah. So it's a really good bit of character work and a mm-hmm. really good bit of writing. And the fact yeah. Roman has a mouthpiece, so won't be saying suffer and suffer attach ever again, fingers crossed, is mm. so good. Yeah. And it just makes him look really, because he, he's legit. And the new, the new look, I love. Like the proper mm-hmm. beard, the hair, even the teeth add, add to it. Um, the man bun, not so much. He looks a bit like the secretary from Bojack Horseman with the man <laughs> bun. But I, I still am really liking this as, yeah. as a, a tool for, for the character. 
and yeah, all all in. And I reckon payback, we will find out if he is a heel or not. Yes. Uh, so what actually happened on the show to get to this point is uh, there was a, a story, a show-long story, sorry, of uh, producer Adam Pierce going around to the three people that are going to be in the Triple Threat Universal title match to get them all to sign the contract in time for the show. Um, and the last person he came to was Roman. He got to him at the very end of the show. And he managed to, to get into the locker room. And right after the main event, it cuts back to the backstage area. Roman's sitting in the chair. You haven't seen him sign the contract yet, but he says, yeah, I'll, I'll be there on Sunday. I'm going to win the Universal title. That's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. And instantly I sat there and I was like, he just said the thing that Heyman says. And then the camera just pans across and sitting next to him is Paul Heyman, who just leans in and just goes, believe that. And I was like, <laughs> literally, like the, the collective voices of about twenty thousand Mark fans just came through me in one instant of just like, oh my god! Oh, it so was good. so good because I, I thought they were angling for like Brock Roman again at Mania, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh no! The last time we used to get booed out of the building again, and mm -hmm. then like you say, we saw Paul Heyman, and I was like, okay, was not expecting this. I like this. Yes. Yep. Yes. And again, to quote Daniel Bryan, yes. So all in. All in on this. Yeah. Gen genuinely, I'm so excited to see this. And I, I mentioned this in my uh, edited uh, review that was part of the Rest Talk News earlier today. I never thought I'd say the words, I want Roman to win the Universal title. But now, I want Roman to win the Universal title. I'm so in. If he is a heel character, which I'm fairly certain he is now... I'm so in on Roman being a heel. He has such a good presentation. His in-ring work is fantastic. And having Paul Heyman as a mouthpiece is brilliant for Roman because, not because he's not a great promo, because he has a very certain style of promo that he's very good at, which is being a brooding, simmering heel who utters really cool one-liners. That's what Roman does the best. That's when he comes out and says, this is my yard now, and drops the mic. That's when Roman is at his absolute best. And having Heyman cut all the promos for him, and then he comes in at the end and just goes, da -da 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 -da, something really cool at the end. That's perfect for him. He, I'm so in on this Roman character. So, so in on it. I want him to beat The Fiend, which is mental. In fact, no, I don't want him to beat The Fiend. I want him to beat Braun Strowman. But close enough. Mm -hmm. I want him to win the Universal title at Payback, which is nuts. I'd, I never thought I'd say those words. Well, since we're saying things that we never thought we'd ever say, I completely agree with you, Pete Canal. I'm completely in on this. Mm. Like, it, oh, it's, oh, how have they built a pay-per-view in a week better than in six? It's, it, oh. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I was going to skip payback. I'm not now. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Yeah, I, I don't know how I'm more excited for Payback than I was for SummerSlam. And I was pretty excited for SummerSlam. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm really excited for Payback, not only because it's Keith Lee versus Randy Orton, which I'm really curious to see how that's going to go, how Drew's going to play into it, how long they get in their match, what Keith Lee's going to be like on the main roster. Is he going to be able to do all his Keith Lee bits? But also now this triple threat with the Universal title on the line and potentially, you know, Heal Braun Strowman, heal Roman Reigns, kind of heal Fiend. Like that, 
that's a really interesting dynamic to me with the whole the fiends just won the title strowman's out for revenge Heyman's uh, now with reigns there's so many different moving parts in that triple threat i'm i'm so excited you you genuinely i've never seen you this jazz about anything for quite oh, some time just dude. the childlike rapture is amazing and beautiful yeah. i oh man like I haven't been this excited for a WWE show in ages. Like NXT, sure. AEW, sure. But not a main roster WWE show. I'm I'm so excited for Heel Roman. This is something that people have been asking for for years for Roman. And I know like people were asking for Heel John Cena because they didn't like him as a face. Heel John Cena, I don't think would have worked. It would not no. have worked as, as well as people thought it would. Heel Roman will work because... His character, the way he presents himself, can be so heelish at times, which is why people really didn't get on board with his babyface character, because he was being a heel a lot of the time. He was just being a dick. And then WWE were like, la, 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 you'll love Roman. And we're like, no, we don't. We don't love what he's doing. We want to boo him. This gives people an excuse to boo Reigns, which, let's be real, everyone wants to boo Reigns. It's the, oh, yeah. it's the fun thing to do. Everyone loves it. Let's just have a reason to do it. And now we've got Paul Heyman with him as well. Someone who who people love to boo as well. And he has the in-ring chops to back it up. This could be like the next big thing in WWE. And here, here's how well it's been written. And here's how well it's presented. I will boo him. And I won't even think about the fact I am booing a man who's just recovered from leukemia. That's how good this is. I mean, is it too soon to start being Roman? Not when it's written this well. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly right. And yeah, and that's the thing. I, I've I, obviously I've not forgotten the fact that he's gotten over leukemia, but it's 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 a non-factor at this point because he's a heel. He's just come back and beaten up people. He's got Paul Heyman with him. Of course I'm gonna boo him. Like it, it just gives us a reason to do it. Because there were some people who obviously still wanted to boo Reigns when he came back, but they're like, ah, oh, but he has just gotten over leukemia, so I can't really yeah. boo him. But I don't want him at the top of the card. Now this gives people who wanted to boo Reigns an excuse to boo Reigns, which is great. And it's real. And I also think to give WWE credit, it's a really brave thing to do because the returning hero babyface is a really easy out. Just like a really easy, verging on lazy thing to do. And they've steered all well clear of it mm-hmm. and been like, no, we're going to make you boo this man who's yes. got a wife and two children and who nearly died because that's how good we are. It's really easy to forget how competent WWE can be. Really yeah. easy. And I think the past couple, dare I say, couple of months have really shown how, when they put their mind to it, how good they are at what they do. Totally. There's a reason they have become the biggest promotion in the world, because they they can, when they put their minds to it, they can produce really engaging television. It's just that they don't do it very often. Uh, but this, I'm very engaged with. I'm so, so excited. This is This has me excited to the level when I was into The Shield. That's like the level it is for me. Because The Shield, yeah. I could not wait to see every single week. I was like, I want to see what they're doing next. I love Roman. I love Seth. I love Dean. I'm so in on this group as a whole. And now I get to have that kind of childlike excitement 
about Roman Reigns, who I used to love as part of the Shield. It's that it's me getting excited about this heel Roman Reigns character again, and I'm so in on that. I'm I'm so excited. I know I'm just repeating myself and just saying I'm so excited, oh. but I don't know if I can say it enough. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's new, but there's also a real nostalgia hit to it at the same time. And totally. I think that's why everyone everyone is so on, on board with it. And I agree. I know we're repeating ourselves and just saying we're excited. This is good, but I can't drive this point home enough. I'm so excited. Yeah, genuinely. I'm so, so jazzed about this. Like, just being able to see, like, you know, the, the megastar that WWE want him to be, this can be the thing that makes him the megastar that WWE always thought he was. This is this could be the thing if they if they treat it right if they treat Roman with respect which they will they always treat Roman with the best storylines and well I say best storylines he had a thing about dog food skipping that they always generally they protect Roman a lot they make sure that he's being his character is preserved they always make sure that he's being treated right if they put him in a feud with let's say for example the fiend who they have a ton of history together on that they can work off that is a really engaging story and i think they are going to make sure that that story works because that is going to be something that can capture the imagination of so many fans that are so in on the fiend the most popular character of 2019 and roman reigns who could very well be the most interesting character of 2020 depending where it goes from here this could be as big as stone cold this could be as big as 316 if they handle it well totally but i'm i'm Oh man, with the addition of the Thunderdome and not being in the Performance Center anymore, I think there's there's scope for casual fans coming back. And the ratings have shown that, you know, more people have been watching these Thunderdome shows than than they were at the Performance Center. And I think that, you know, the, the setting is part of that. And having Roman come back to kind of capitalize on the new setting and be kind of the front runner of the Thunderdome era of WWE. It, yeah, it, it can totally, with all these new people coming back, this could just build and build on itself and try and, you know, it could be the next big thing, like I said, in WWE, depending how it goes from here. I am so in on the Thunderdome. Like, yeah. last week, we were like, it's the first one, it'll have teething problems, and, and it has. Things have definitely slipped through the cracks. Didn't see anything this week on SmackDown, and the and the, the, the giant Pikachu in the theater at SummerSlam made me very happy. Mm. So, very I mean, Raw, we, we, we won't talk about what happened on Raw, because yeah, we all know no. now. And it was abhorrent. So I, I, I'm. It's in such a good place at the moment. I'm, mm. oh, I'm really content with WWE. Yeah, I mean, I'm content with Roman. There's a few other bits on this show. I wasn't quite as big of a fan of, but we'll get to that in a little bit. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? And you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies can only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist exist as a tag team before they combust. Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Barred is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. We now need to say thank you to some very special people, and those are $25 and above pledge hammers on Patreon. If you haven't been to WrestleTalk's Patreon page yet, you should. Load of extra bonus content. We had uh, WrestleTalk After Dark go up uh, yesterday, uh, which is the uh, uh, $10 backer perk. It's a Patreon podcast where it's basically just a bunch of us get on a call and just chat about tat for ages. 
Um, I I don't know. Who, I I believe it was uh, Luke and Laurie. I believe they they snuck in Luke for this one, so you should go and listen to it because he's there. Uh, but don't tell Mr. Davis. Um, but anyway, if you pledge at the twenty-five dollar uh, tier or above, you get your own custom wrestling nickname, and it gets read out on a show, much like this one. So thank you to the King Zachary McKinley. Woo! Yes. Thank Woo! Zachary. It's definitely not Daniel Odom backwards. Modo Leland. Hey, thank you very hey. much. Probably funnier than Seth, Matt McFarlane. Woo! Thank you very Woo! much. Hannah Pomanis! Woo! Woo! Yes, thank you very much. Pierce Redbeard Rowan. Woo! Woo! Thank you. Pierce! Paul Baramassin! Woo! Woo! Yes, thank you very much. Jamie Donovan Dijak. Woo! Woo! Thank you. I love the smell of coffee in the morning. Napalm Espresso! Yes, that guy. Love that guy. Robert Spencer. Period. Robert. Daniel McKee to success. Yes, thank you very much. Evan, great Scott. Evan, the Dijon mustard. Woo! Yes, thank you. And finally for today, Arnie K. The K stands for the coolest dude ever. Woo! Woo! Thank you very much, everybody. Let's uh, let, let's start going through uh, through the rest of the show now because I think we've probably talked about Roman enough. Um, no, sorry, the, <laughs> the, the show we're kicked off. The show, the show kicked off with a recap of Roman Reigns coming back at SummerSlam. You know, more Roman. Um, and we get uh, producer Adam Pierce backstage telling security, "Hey man, we've got." Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, and Roman Reigns in the building tonight. I need you all on high alert. We've got retribution potentially around. We don't know. Be on high alert, guys. And they all went, let's go get him. Yeah. And we never see him again. Uh, sure, whatever. Um, and uh, and then Adam Pierce goes into Vince McMahon's office. Uh, and Vince cuts a very rambly promo about pretty much nothing. And then says, uh, oh, I need I need uh, signatures from uh, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, and The Fiend. Uh, because they're going to be having the Universal title match at Payback. Also, here's an outfit you should wear. And I said, what? Uh, hmm? <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a bit weird. Didn't really get this. I, the premise of having the three people sign the contract, cool. On board with everything else in this promo? Huh? Uh, I just thought it was a bit strange. Why was the outfit necessary? And if you're going to make a man wear an outfit, at least make it, like, if you're going to be ridiculous, be ridiculous. Don't dress him up like he wants to set X. Like, yeah, put him, make him dress up like Mercy the Buzzard or, or something. Yeah, but I, I don't even get why... It, an outfit, full stop, was necessary. I d- I'm very confused. He said, oh, yeah, you know, to get into the Firefly Funhouse, you'll need this. I was like, well, wait, like, well, why? Braun didn't. Seth didn't. Why? Yeah, wh- like, why? Why is this happening? It was very confused. I was like, surely this is like a rib or like it's some sort of joke to pop the boys in the back or something. Like, I don't I don't get it. I don't know what's happening here. It was very, very strange. Um, I, I, I reckon it's a punishment for the complete medical neglect they showed Bray Wyatt last week. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Um, 
But uh, I'll say this once because I could talk about it throughout the whole show. I'm not going to. There's one problem I did I did have with the Thunderdome this week, and that was the piped in crowd noises was so obnoxious this week. Normally, I'm I, I mean I'm not a huge fan of the piped in crowd noise anyway. For this week, it felt like it was just one constant drone through the whole show that did not change through the whole thing. It was a constant through the whole show. No cheers, no boos, no nothing. It was just noise through the whole thing. It got it got under my skin so much because especially when people, especially someone like Vince, who kind of rambles a little bit in his promos, it cut over his voice. So I couldn't tell what he was saying some of the time. It was... It got so annoying to me. I I really really didn't like it. But no, you you need kind of you need peaks and troughs and crowd noise to make a exactly. show flow and to make the make the good stuff stand out. And I say the bad stuff look bad, but you you know what I mean. You need to crowd noise helps with storytelling. And when everything is in the middle, as you said, it just makes everything come across a bit beige. Mm. And if and if you watch a lot of the stuff that happened without the sound on. Like, go back and watch the wrestling without the sound on. A lot of the actual wrestling on SmackDown was really, really good. And I think they need to work out how to get the crowd noise on what's happening in the ring to to marry up. It's yeah. like how, in a film, if you get the wrong composer to work on your soundtrack, it's just not going to work. If Jurassic Park started with a prodigy smack my bitch up, rather than the amazing score that they have, it just wouldn't work. And yeah. this is the exact same thing. Yeah, it, it's it's a case of, you know, it, to quote uh, Syndrome from The Incredibles, when everything's super, nothing is. You can't have every single spot of every single match be interesting and exciting and have the crowd noise through the whole show be excited because then nothing's exciting. You need stuff to be more exciting than others. That's just the way it works with sound. <laughs> but whatever. Um, that's the only thing I'm going to talk about it in the whole show. I promise. Uh, after that, we got uh, Jeff Hardy, new Intercontinental Champion, Jeff Hardy coming out. Um, and he came out and said a few words. Sure, it wasn't very relevant about anything. Uh, but then AJ Styles came out and said he complained about Jeff Hardy uh, hitting him in the face with the knee brace last week to win to win the title, which was great. And then he said that the doctor wouldn't medically clear him tonight. And I was like, Wait, what? why? What's wrong with you? Why aren't you medically cleared? And then he took a bump anyway. So I was like, wait, what? I'm so conf- Hardy just attacked a guy that wasn't medically cleared. I'm so confused again. I mm. Yeah, I, I I was right there with you. I was like, but he, he cleared Hardy, who couldn't walk, but he won't clear mm. you. Who and all, all you did was lose last Yeah. Last, and if that was enough grounds to not wrestle, then a lot of people wouldn't be wrestling like mm. week on week. And uh, it, it, it was a logic hole, granted. Though AJ Styles on commentary is amazing. Totally. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. Yeah, he, he goes on to commentary. Hardy says he was going to do an open challenge, punches AJ in the face, who goes off to commentary. And then uh, in an ad break, Shinsuke Nakamura comes out, uh, which to me really misses the point of what an open challenge is. You know, when they say open yeah. challenge, the thing you're waiting for is to see whose music's going to hit. Ooh, the anticipation to go, I'm going to do an open challenge. Ad break. When you come back, oh, it's Shinsuke. Cool. Thanks, guys. It, mm. Yeah. I, I, and I also thought Shinsuke was a bit of a waste of that segment. Because as soon as you saw, oh, it's Shinsuke, well, they're not going to double strap him, are they? So instantly you know 
who's who is going over. Couple with the fact there's also unresolved AJ Jeff kind of kind of things. If ever you were gonna use Shorty G or Drew Gulak, it was then. <laughs> hey man, don't talk down to Drew Gulak like that. He's great. Um as a Shorty G in fairness. Um they're both fantastic. Uh but yeah, so there was underused. I know it's ridiculous in that. Uh, yeah, Styles was great on commentary. There was a uh, kind of a picture-in-picture promo from Cesaro during this, uh, kind of teasing some tension between him and Nakamura, which is weird because they only just really became a tag team. Uh, and Cesaro was just saying that he was a bit annoyed that Shinsuke went out for the match without so much as a heads up. Like I thought we were a team, kind of thing. Uh, he yeah. went away for some champagne, and when he came back, Shinsuke was gone. Uh, Sure, let's put tension in more teams because that that apparently is all you can do on SmackDown is do tension between teams. There was so much more of that on this show where every team now has tension brewing between it. Why? Can we just, focus, <laughs> can we just also focus on the fact that Cesaro has just confessed to negligence on live TV. Oh, yeah. I thought I'd go and get a bit pissed before I wrestled and then Shinsuke was gone. <laughs> yeah. I forgot he had a match later. Yeah, he totally did. Just admit he was drinking before his match. Mmm, that's not a good look for you, Cesaro, is it? During a Jeff Hardy match. Of all the matches to do that in. That's true, yeah. Idiots, man. Um, But there was actually a very good uh, point in this match. uh, Because obviously the the whole kind of story around Jeff Hardy is that he used the knee brace against AJ Styles and he shouldn't have been able to do that. It was an illegal move and all that stuff. And then in this match, Hardy used the knee brace again, kind of intentionally this time. It was, he just kind of kneed Nakamura straight in the stomach, which he sold like, ow, I've been hit with an illegal object kind of thing. Was it an accident? Was it not? Because then he capitalized on it, hit a twist of fate, hit a swanton, got the win. Is Hardy doing it intentionally or is he not? I think it's a really interesting story to tell because we don't really know yet whether he's doing it intentionally or not. But this, this is very much remembering like Dino Brown in the 90s wore that chest protector. Mm. And it was, does he, you know, is this legal? Is this illegal? Does he need the chest protector? It's like Cowboy Bob Walton and the cast. And the cast, it, yeah. It's sort of reminiscent of that. I think it's just very, very clever. Mm. Yeah, it is for sure. I, I'm really interested. I mean, I, I said before, I'm not very invested in Jeff Hardy as a wrestler. But this story, I am very interested. I'm curious to see where they where they take it. Is this going to be some sort of Hardy, not necessarily a heel turn, but like a development in his in his character? I don't, I don't know. I'm 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 on board for the ride. Um, but the segment didn't end there. No, it didn't because while Jeff Hardy was celebrating on the stage, who would come back but Sammy Bloody Zane, who come out his music hit and I'm marked out. I was like. <gasps> Sammy, I've missed you so much. Oh my God, yes. I've missed. He's so, so good. And he came out with the IC title as well. I was like, yep. yes, they're not dropping continuity. This is great. He came out and he called Hardy a fake champion. He said, you're a fraud, all that stuff. Brilliant heel, Sammy Zane shenanigans. Love to see him back. Just a shame that the rest of the show made him feel like a massive dick for taking time off in the pandemic. Come on, WWE. <sighs> I'll get to that. Oh, I, I'm so happy. I, I love him. I've missed him. And straight away, he came back and annoyed me. And I was like, this is why I love you. I've mm-hmm. missed you, but you've been back less than five seconds. And already, Sammy, I'm going to make you're pissing me off just a little bit. Never change. Never change. Yeah. Do you think 
they're going to do a um, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels-esque IC title, IC title ladder match. I don't think it's going to be a ladder match. I think they will do a unification match between him and Hardy. But I've got a a sneaking suspicion, let's call it. I've got a hunch that uh, Sami Zayn has a ton of heat for taking time off uh, during the pandemic, despite them saying that no one would. Uh, just because of the way he got treated later on the show, I think it is going to be a match between them and Sammy's going to lose very, very quickly, um, which would be a shame because I really love Sammy. But I, I, I think that, yeah, just because of this. Okay, so the, the first thing that kind of I was like, yes, Sammy's back, mm, was he booted Hardy in the face, kind of like a Huluva kick style, booted Hardy in the face and walked off. I was like, cool, great end to the segment. But then... Hardy got up pretty much straight away, and then his music played as he kind of celebrated on the stage. I was like, "What? Why? Do... You just no selling the boot? Why is Hardy's music playing? Why not Zayn's? What? It was just a bit like, why are you overlooking Zayn? It was like, that's fine. Zayn's still back. No biggie. Zayn's back. He's inserted himself in the IC picture. No problem. And then he got interviewed backstage by Kayla Braxton, uh, and he was like oh i'm finally back after four months and she just makes it out to be a massive thing she's like well, why haven't you defended your title for four months and it's like because he's been taking time off from the pandemic you asshole like he <laughs> they, they just they just made him out to be this selfish guy who was staying home because he wanted to like they're not addressing him taking time off for the pandemic they're just saying that he's just been sitting around doing nothing for ages because he can and in the, already yeah. they're just kind of chipping away at the prestige of his return, just being like, oh, yeah, you should have been around for ages. Why haven't you been here? Kind of thing. It was yeah. really got to me a little bit. For that. Well, well, well when, and when you hold it up and it's interesting, hi, who, hi, guy who did the exact same thing as Roman Reigns, where have you been? Mm. Yeah, it's um, but maybe, yeah. maybe it's the build. Maybe it's maybe it's like character work. I don't. Oh, I, I don't know. This is going to be one of those wait and see kind of things, and see what they do with him, and see what opportunity they give him, and and what have you. But I think the the takeaway is that SmackDown with Sami Zayn is better than SmackDown without Sami Zayn. That is absolutely true for sure. Um, and there, there was one segment which we'll, we'll skip ahead to now. Um, which featured Sami Zayn later, where Cesar, excuse me, Cesaro and Nakamura were backstage, kind of furthering that tension that happened in the Hardy match. Um, Cesaro just being like, "Hey man, I thought we were a team. You got to give me a heads up if you got to go out for these these championship matches and stuff." Um, but then Sami Zayn comes in, reuniting the artist collective as they were before, and he'd be like, "Ah oh, guys, oh, yeah. I missed you. It's so great to see you. Give some hugs." Ah, oh, we're all champions. Points at the tag team titles that are on the side. Oh, the champions lounge. We're here. This is great. And they and they were just like, "Hey, Sammy, you didn't. You haven't called us for four months." Again, just like, "Where have you been for four months?" It's like he's been at home from the pandemic. Stop making him out to be a dick for doing that i don't know just yeah. really got to me and then he uh they were saying yeah we're having a, a conversation here as a tag team so if you could you know skedaddle uh and he he just kind of left and they carried on their conversation so to me i might be reading too much into this because this might just be part of character work or whatever like you said to me this just seems like this is wwe going you should have taken that time off you're an idiot you're gonna lose your it title you're gonna lose it quick you you should not have taken that time off, you selfish man. Which is I I annoying. hope not. 
Yeah, me too. Wouldn't be I really wrong, man. And when Becky Lynch comes back after having a child, they're not going to be like, oh, where have you been for a year? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I went to be a mum. <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I, I just don't like them saying, you've taken time off during a pandemic. You suck. When that's yeah. totally a reasonable thing to do. Don't know. I and I know this sounds like right now I'm being very nitpicky about this show. I really liked the big moments. I loved Sammy coming back. I loved Roman aligning with Paul Heyman that we already spoke about. The match that I thought were really great. The rest of the show I thought was a bit pants. And I I know I'm in the minority when I say that because a lot of people have said, "Oh, this is like the best SmackDown of the year." And I think the big moments do warrant it to be the best SmackDown of the year. But the rest of the show didn't hold it together. There was other bits that I didn't agree with at all. Um, and the, the next one of these is the Firefly Funhouse that came up next. Um, Bray Wyatt was saying some stuff about him being cool or whatever. Adam Pierce comes in in a postman outfit for no reason, comes in, and then Bray Wyatt signs the contract, and then Adam Pierce leaves. I was like, what, what was that? What, how did, why is he wearing the outfit? How did Vince know to give him that outfit? Why did he need the outfit to get into the fun house? Why was Bray Wyatt suddenly cool with it? How can Adam Pierce find the fun house? There's so many questions and none of it makes sense. No, I, I, and I, I'm a huge advocate for the Firefly Fun House, but I also didn't like this one. Um, amazing use of a pentagram at one point. I thought that mm. was, that was a bit, <laughs> that was a bit full on. Mm. And then, you know, the title, the title came back. But yeah, why? Ah, uh, just I. This made Adam Pierce look like such a knob, didn't it? <laughs> like, like I said, this must have been like a rib or some sort of in joke to make the boys pop. I, I, I don't know, but it came across so weird on TV. I didn't, did not get this at all. If if people know it, and we're just being idiots, please leave us comments because we'd love to know. But. I, I don't know, man. I don't get they, it. They, they could have been like, they could have spent the whole show where Adam Pierce is looking for the fiend and then eventually the fiend finds him. Yes, that would have been great. And then just completely signs it and then just completely decimates him. Yeah. Or even if he just kind of like spooky shows up as the fiend and he like grabs the the contract and like signs it in blood or something and then just vanishes away yeah. like that's cool do something like that or, i did not yeah. understand this firefly funhouse bit at all or or shows up waves at the hurt hand lights go off he's gone but the contract signed oh that's good that's really good actually yeah something something like that there's so many things you could have done that was better than whatever that was um then after that, we move on to the Matt Riddle King Corbin feud because we've got a little video package uh, highlighting their feud so far. Uh, Riddle comes out and just basically asks for Corbin to come out, and then you cut to an ad break, and then it comes back, and then Riddle's music's playing, and then he says again, "Hey Corbin, you should probably come out." I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> again, this feels like a nitpick, but it really like detracts from my enjoyment of the show. Because it just doesn't make sense. Why would Riddle be out there, say some words, and then his music would play, and then his music would cut out again, and then he'd say some more words, which are basically the same as what he said before. I know why they did it, because they wanted uh, him to say, you know, I'm going to call out King Corbin, stay tuned to SmackDown, because after this ad break, it's going to be Riddle versus Corbin. But they could have yeah. done it in a way that actually made sense. 
rather than Riddle just saying the same words twice. Yeah, you're you're trying to tell a story, so you're you're going for drama, but you're presenting it like sports. Mm. And sometimes those two things bounce off each other in the world of team reproduction. Those spinning flip flops, VGX, were, were awful. Let's just let's just nail that down now. Yep. And and yeah, it just makes Riddle really weird. I haven't done a great deal with him since they called him up, and I don't know mm-hmm. whether that's just because. They've been putting a lot of their eggs in different baskets, in like the Roman scene basket, or whether the accusations against them for the speaking out movement derailed plans they may have had for him ever, ever so slightly. But at least now we are getting Corbin Riddle. At least now this is ending. <laughs> ending? Or just the first in a series of pay-per-view matches, Adam? Don't say that, Pete. Don't if, don't wish that in. Don't speak that into existence. If you know anything about Corbin feuds, it's that they go for a minimum of four months. <laughs> I, 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 I have no problem with Baron Corbin. If he's watching, because no. we tweet each other about steak a lot because we're both big steak guys. So please, please don't block me like you have <laughs> the others. Uh, but no, no, but it's, <clears throat> it's going to be a cracking match. But then, yes. he, you know, he, he comes out and says, I accept your challenge on behalf of Shorty G, who rocks up out of nowhere and has quite possibly the best two-minute match I've ever seen in my life. It was very quick. Um, yeah, they, they, they went back and forth briefly. Uh, he went for a Chaos Theory German. Riddle counted it, hit knee, hit the bro Derek and got the pin and won. Uh, and then uh, later on backstage, Corbin was saying that he wants Riddle at payback. So it looks like that's going to be the match. Um, yeah, this was okay. Uh, I'm all right with this. This was yeah. fine. This built to payback. Cool. It was good. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Again, they're misusing Shorty G. Hopefully, yep. I reckon... Uh, here's what I want for Shorty G. I'm, I'm fantasy looking here. It's a little divert, but bear with me. In the draft, send him to NXT and have his first UD with Timothy Thatcher. And just call him Chad Gable. Oh, God, yes. All of all of that made me so happy. Him back on NXT with Timothy Thatcher being called Chad Gable. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. All the way. Yes, 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 please. Love it. Um, after that, there was a little uh, backstage segment with uh, Biggie and Heavy Machinery. They were had some meat uh, before Banks and Bailey came in. Uh, and uh, Bailey had a really good line here. I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, saying that, oh, you know, I guess some people are only good to hold tag titles. Oh, so clever. Oh! Sasha Banks is right there, Bailey. She's only got yeah, a tag yeah. title. Oh. oh. Loved it. I love I it. love Hill Bailey. I love Hill Bailey so much. Yeah, she's so good. I'm like, I'm like, everything you say is just so. It's like an episode of Mean Girls. Mm. Yeah, legit. Um, they come out to the ring uh, to cut a promo, uh, which I thought was really, really good. Again, great stuff from Bailey, just saying, oh my God, it's all my fault that you lost your title at SummerSlam because you, I should have never have let you challenge for the title in the first place. We know your record. You can't defend titles. You should never have challenged for it because you could never hold on to it. It's like, oh, that's Ooh. a bit on the nose. Um, and then, yeah, Sasha True. just saying that she's great, she's the blueprint, she can win titles, she's the greatest tag team champion ever, and all that stuff. Uh, that bit I've loved about the segment. Banks and Bailey, I'm all in on this tension. Again, more tension between tag teams. 
Lovely, but this is good. And can we also address the, can we also address the Datsun worthy pun Bailey made about moving on and tapping Smash's <laughs> cow print? <laughs> it was very good, yes. I'll, I'll give her that. It was great. Uh, the bit I didn't like about this promo were Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax coming on the Titan Tron. I can't tell you what they said, but it was very generic. We're going to win it. Payback. It was the only people I hate more than Shayna are you two. And then Shayna's just like, the only people I want to beat up more than her are you two. You both suck. And it yeah. was, ah, oh, it was. It was the generic Franken team who hate each other promo. They did it years ago with Matt Hardy and MVP. They start that's it's how they started the bar with Sheamus and Cesaro doing doing that. I I, I never like it. I never like yeah, the no. feuding Franken team because it, it it's never long term apart from the bar, and it always ends in the match that should have happened in the first place, the single. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I it was really generic. I, I, I didn't really like it. I'm not too excited for that tag team title match. I, d- I don't really want Baser and Jax to win, but I also want Banks and Bailey to lose. I want them to get rid of the tag titles, but I don't want them to drop it to Baser and Jax. So it's a lose lose uh, for that for that match. Um, but anyway, we should probably zip it along because we've been talking about the show for quite a while already. Uh, uh, there's another backstage promo. Uh, Adam Pierce is looking for Roman. Gulak comes in and says he wants to find Strowman to get him back for last week. And then Strowman is there immediately. And Gulak goes over with a chair and smashes it over his back and then gives the chair to Adam Pierce. And then he walks off. Why'd you, why'd you do that? If you want to beat up Strowman, then be, beat up Strowman. Just do it. Why you, huh? Weird. Uh, and then Strowman says he'll sign the contract for Universal Title if he can beat up Gulag, which he does. Uh, he squashes him in a matter of like a minute, if that, um, and just pins him and wins and then signs the contract afterwards. Yep, does that happen? It was fine. It made Strowman look good. Didn't get the whole Gulag thing, but sure, it was fine. Ah, he, 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 he beat up Drew Gulag at the uh, start of last week's SmackDown for yeah. seemingly no reason. And Gulak's obviously annoyed, but also doesn't know what battles to pick and what things to let go. Mm, yeah, I yeah, like I, I guess it's good continuity that he wants to get payback on Strowman. But if you're gonna go beat him up with a chair, then go beat him up with a chair. Why'd you hit him and hand the chair off and then walk away? I didn't. It's a few things that just didn't make sense to me on this show. Um, uh, yeah, Strowman beats up Gulak, signs the contract. We get that backstage promo with Cesaro Nakamura and Sami Zayn. Uh, and then we have more tension between tag teams because Kalisto and Lince Dorado are arguing about whatever their argument they had last week. And then Kalisto says, watch how it's done against Cesaro. And then uh, Cesaro and Nakamura attack Lince and Grammatalik from behind because that's what they do. Um, <sighs> but then we got probably my favorite match on the show. Not a high bar to beat, admittedly, but probably my favorite match on the show regardless. Kalisto versus Cesaro, which was about a 15-minute match squeezed into three uh which is great yeah I, the, the, I i i loved it i say it all the time please push cesaro yeah 
dude, he's so good. Like, and Kalisto as well was so impressive in this match too. Some of the stuff he was doing was amazing, like jumping from the inside of the ring, bouncing on the ropes to bounce on the outside of the ropes to do like a senton off the outside was amazing. There was a bit where him and Cesaro worked so well together. He uh, went up for like a powerbomb. He stood up on Cesaro's shoulders that held him and then dropped into a DDT. Oh, it was, it was beautiful. So, so, so good. The spots they managed to do for this. It was so good. That that Rain Dragon Rana was insane. I, I really like properly mark out for moves because I'm, I'm desensitized to, to most of it. But for that, I was just like, dude! And then yeah. DDT got me a little bit as well. And uh, who is that man and what have they done with the real Kalisto? And again, <laughs> Cesaro. Again, so good. Please push Cesaro. Uh, after a few minutes, though, Nakamura gets involved. Lucha House Party uh, intervene and attack him to try and stop him getting involved. But the distraction is enough for Cesaro to uh, roll up Kalisto to get the win. Uh, and then afterwards, Kalisto and Lissidorado argue some more. Because you got to have tension between tag teams. It's SmackDown. That's their thing. Um, after that, we had Adam Pearce telling Vince that he's got two out of three signatures but can't find Roman. Uh, Vince says, tough, go get the third. Don't really know what the point of the segment was because Adam Pierce could have just looked for Roman more. Sure, it's a bit of a waste of time. Uh, but then we got a promo segment that I did actually really like, which was uh, Nikki Cross was backstage holding the uh, the mug that Alexa had first given her, and also Tamina was there for reasons. Because reasons, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, and Nikki was just saying, oh, you know, yeah, just got this mug that Alexa gave me. I'm a bit worried about her. Alexa comes in uh, in pigtails. Uh-oh, haven't seen pigtails in several years for Alexa. Uh, and uh, Nikki's just going, oh, you know, pigtails, haven't seen them in, in quite a while. She's like, oh, yeah. And uh, Nikki points out that she's got like one dreadlock, kind of like what Bray Wyatt does. And uh, yeah. and then uh, she's going, oh, what's this? And she's just like, oh, you know, I was considering doing like a half and half type thing. And she's like, I don't think that's the best idea, Alexa. This kind of reminds me of The Fiend. And as soon as she says that, Alexa Bliss's face just goes like blank, completely like vacant expression. And then suddenly just kind of snaps back into reality, essentially. And uh, and just kind of fires up a Nikki Cross and just goes, oh, you know, I thought, you know, friends would be more supportive. I thought that's what friends were for. I, I guess we're not friends. So much for friendship. Grabs the mug and smashes it on the floor and then walks off. I was like, whoa, that's kind of cool. Like Alexa's kind of getting corrupted by this whole Bray Wyatt thing. It's nice to see they've not dropped it, which is great. My my heart broke a little bit for Nikki during this. <laughs> I was like, no, why? <laughs> no, I don't friendship. I, 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 I don't know if it's because I'm wearing like a lead on stitch shirt. I was like, no, she's your Ohana. She's your family. Why are you, <laughs> why are you being mean? Ohana and, means and... nobody gets left behind. There we go. Good stuff. Yeah. Never thought we'd hear that on a podcast. Thank you. But no, yeah. I, I, I genuinely got like total moisture during this. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was just like oh, I no really good, really good, and yeah. you know we might get the the cross bliss night where bliss does the actual turn, and does yes, the real hopefully. sister Abigail. Yes, I'd like to read the finish. She finishes her with the sister Abigail. Oh, that's good. That's fun. Yes, do that. That would be great. Um, yeah, no, I I, I thoroughly enjoy that. Uh, we then got another backstage promo 
of uh, Seamus, Miz, and Morrison, who are going to be in a six-man tag match against Biggie and Heavy Machinery. Seamus asked them to go over the the game plan for the match. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a, a, a little funny bit from Morrison. I, I've said this before. Miz and Morrison are so inconsistent with being funny that some weeks they're completely goofy and just completely not funny at all, and some weeks they're really funny. This was actually one of the funny ones where uh, Morrison was just saying, and you know, they measured it. Uh, I can kick at 70 miles an hour. And Miz is just going, you know, that's the speed that the baseball pitchers come in at. Seamus walks in and he's just like, you're going over the uh, the plan for the match. And both of them just go, yep. It's just the comedic <laughs> timing on it was really good. Uh, they had a little funny moment. And then Morrison is a bit of a lovable idiot. And just being like, yeah, I've got a really good plan. Biggie's the powerhouse. We, we, we shouldn't let him in the ring. Because as soon as he gets in the ring, we're going to be in trouble. And Seamus is like, yeah, okay. Yeah, let's try and make sure Biggie's not, not going to tag. And he's like, and Tucker. Yeah, Tucker, Tucker's a big guy. He's big and he's strong. Uh, we, we should make sure he doesn't tag in too. And he was like, okay. And he goes, and Otis. Well, Otis, he's pretty big. He's pretty powerful. He shouldn't tag in. We should make sure he doesn't tag in. And then Seamus is just like, just follow my lead and just walks off. And Morrison was just like, what? It was, it's, it's good. It was so, so good. And then he and me have like a little bit of a love step and go, dude, what kind of plan was that? And it's like, well, you didn't have a plan either. And then there's <laughs> like really, and then there's like really throwaway line at the end. So it's probably the funniest line of the whole promo where he just goes, but could you, could you imagine if we pulled it off? <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Admittedly, that's really good. Uh, yeah. Like I said, they're so inconsistent with being funny. This was a funny week for them. I thought they did very well. Um, Adam Pierce goes into Roman's uh, locker room, changing room bit, and he hands him the contracts, and Roman looks it over, but he doesn't sign it yet because it's time for the main event, which is the six-man tag match of Biggie and Heavy Machinery versus Miz and Morrison and Sheamus. Uh, I don't know why they changed. They advertised it was going to be Biggie on Miz TV this week, and then they just changed it to a six-man tag match. Don't know why. But you know what? I'm not complaining because that would have been another promo, and that's a lot of it's a lot of promos for this week. Glad they changed it to a oh, match yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, um, yeah it would have taken our promo count to 13 on the show. Yeah, uh, and here's a thing. Time to time to put my nitpick cap back on. Go here's a thing that I did not understand. Just as they went into the first ad break, Sheamus started ringing the bell, uh, like the ring bell as if something, you know, that the match had ended or something. He was started ringing the bell and everyone went, wait, what? Seamus, what are you doing? And and then Seamus went, Aah. and then it cut to an ad break. And then it came back and then the match was carrying on. I was like, what the hell was that? Why did, why did he ring the bell? What's he doing? What? That had no significance on the match whatsoever. Nobody, it wasn't a distraction for someone to gain control or anything. That was just, what? Huh? What? I was so confused. Once again, I was just left confused by that spot. Did not understand it at all. No, me, me, uh, kind of, it, and it's all, it's a good mechanic, but inserted in the wrong place and it just didn't work. It didn't gel. It, it didn't sit. And no, much like you, great idea, poor execution. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if he was going to do that as a distraction for them to be like, you know, for them to release a submission they had on that was going to win them the match and they heard the bell and they instinctively let go of the thing to cause a distraction to get them back in control or something, that's cool. If that's, if that's what you want to do, that's cool. That's inventive. That's nice. But he just rang the bell and then nothing happened. And then the match carried on. It was like, uh, uh, I thought it was Retribution that started it. As soon as I heard the bell, I was like, oh. Retribution's here because we haven't seen him on the show so far, uh, but they weren't seen on the whole show. Um, uh, but yeah, they they 
carry on. Seamus, Miz, and Morrison implode. Seamus kind of tags himself in, but the referee doesn't see it, so he's already angry. He gets bumped off the apron by Miz or Morrison, one of the two, uh, and then he gets super angry and then just storms off, just leaves them, leaves them as they are. Um, Miz uh, manages to hit the skull-crushing finale onto Otis, but then Biggie hits the big ending onto Miz for the win. Uh, it's nice to see Biggie getting a pinfall victory, especially over someone like Miz. Now I just want to see mm-hmm. him kind of keep going up the card a little bit more. Come on, Biggie, get more wins, please. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, it was a fine match. Nothing wrong with it. it no, it was you know it was good. The right person won. Loving yep. the uh, the Sheamus being disillusioned with the Miz and Morrison. That gives him a couple of good cues to go into off the back of that. Coming out of coming out of payback, we can just like kick kick someone's ass. I mm-hmm. don't know what we do with the Miz and Morrison after that. I I think they're going to get the tag belts. I reckon you're right about Desire and Nakamura. They're going to mm-hmm. break up Miz and Morrison, get the tag belts, and then Otis cashes in for the tag belts. I think that's what they're setting yeah. up for. Yeah, that's which that's was, very possible. Which which would be good, but no, I I liked it, and Biggie looking strong is is really good because then he can be the guy that comes out well if Roman wins the title Biggie can be the guy that comes out and does the where have you been I've been holding stuff down mm. or you've been at home playing yeah. with your kids what about me and my my kids make it really really good they they there's a lot of stuff they could do they've got a lot of options and a lot of ends that could tie together quite nicely coming out of Smackdown into payback and maybe Maybe beyond, and I think aside from the the nitpicks and and problems that we we both had with SmackDown, all in all, really solid show, really well built. I reckon for me, it's a three, three out of five. Agreed. Yeah, I I also gave it a three out of five. I've seen some people, you know, saying best SmackDown of the year and all that stuff, but I wouldn't rate it higher than a three because yes, they built it a a, a pay per view very effectively in one week. That should never be the case. You should never have to build a pay-per-view in one week. And they did the best job they could with the tools that they were given. I say the best. They could have done a better show. But they still built the show very effectively. I'm now excited for payback when I wasn't before, which is always, you know, it's a very good thing. And they had really good major moments that I popped for with Sami Zayn's return and Roman aligning with Heyman. But it just... All the rest of the bits of the show just kind of felt either flat or there were some intriguing bits with like Nikki and Alexa. There was just a lot Uh of pointless stuff on this show, which I really didn't appreciate. Like as much as like the spots with Seamus, him ringing the bell didn't make sense. Adam Pearce going into the funhouse dressed as a postman didn't make sense. There was the whole pointless segment of him going to Vince saying, I've got two of them. Vince goes, well, go get the third. It was just a, a, a lot of just like pointless tat on peppered throughout the show which just made the ma- the major moments not feel as important because it was just strung together with nonsense in between it so yeah i would yeah. still give it a three despite the big moments which should really be kind of up there pushing it to the five level the rest of the show just kind of dragged it down for me with a lot of needless crap thrown in between yeah, yeah. there was there was there was there was killer but also a lot more filler than than I would have liked to have seen. But it was, it was still really good. I still really enjoyed it. Please don't think we're kind of crapping all over the show because mm-hmm. because we aren't. We, we I think it's safe to say we both enjoyed it. Though there was just a lot of... Uh, it, could, it could have been an hour-long show. If they just put an totally. hour-long show out and made it good, then it would definitely have been a five. Just yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. it way down. 
Yeah, like the the major moments were so good, like perfectly encapsulated there. It, it could have been a one hour show and it would have been great. There was just so much of this show that just felt pointless and needless. Um, uh-huh. Again, not, not to harp onto the point for too long, but to put it in perspective, there were 15 promo segments in this show. It's just way too many. 12 of them were backstage as well. Like not even out, you know, in front of the crowd. Obviously, there's not a crowd, but you get what I mean. In-ring promos are very different. They had... One was the Firefly Funhouse, two in-ring promos, 12 backstage promo segments. And they had, on top of those 15, they had the the Riddle promo that led into the Shorty G match. And they had a picture-in-picture promo in the uh, when Cesaro cut a promo during the Jeff Hardy match. It was like, I didn't have time to digest what I'd just seen because they had 30-second backstage promo, 10-second backstage promo, 30-second backstage promo, just back-to-back, back-to-back. I was like, things are happening so fast, I just can't digest what's happening in each segment so that just felt a lot of stuff got forgotten and was pointless so it it should have been an amazing show and it turned out to be a good show i yeah it was it was good excited to pay back as we said at the top like way more excited than i thought i would be so adam uh, we've actually got a couple of emails this week to read out. Uh, so I've got one here from uh, Paul, who says, uh, Hi, Ollie, Luke, Pete, Adam, and everyone else. Uh, my son had an accident recently that put his arm in a cast. I think you'll agree that we've made the best of a bad time. Uh, and they've attached a picture of their son in a cast. And along the cast is written, Jam that jam. Hey. Nice. Amazing. Thank you very much for that, Paul. Uh, he continues to say, uh, thank you for your journalistic sharings and your wonderful video quiz silliness. Things are very tough for various reasons right now, and your efforts to lighten the darkness are immeasurable in their assistance. Keep up the good fight. All the best, Paul. Thank you very much, Paul. And that is a great picture of your son in that Jam That Jam cast. And it's like it's written in the same style as like Hulk Hogan's Jam That Jam, but along the cast, it's us. Oh, nice. We, we should put that on the Twitter with permission. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant cast, that one. Um, I've got one more here to read out, uh, which comes from Headmaster Jonathan Hedman, who emails in quite a lot. He says, hello, Chopper Pete and whoever is co-hosting this weekend. Um, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I was so happy to see the full Firefly Funhouse set back last night. At least with a door, we have a logical way for people to enter the Funhouse. Uh, also was happy to see Sami Zayn and others back. WWE is starting to feel pre-Carino. Uh, now, if we could just get them to make more... Uh, if we just... Blah, 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 words. Now, if we could just get them to take more VR GFX classes before they show them again, that would be great. Uh, he continues on to talk about his own get better journey, because I believe at this point he's lost somewhere around the region of like... Oh, I don't want to misquote it, but it's, it's well over a hundred pounds that uh, Jonathan's lost on his get better journey at this point, which is great. Uh, and he says, "No get better updates uh, just now. I had uh, recently had a few setback, a uh, few setbacks, but I'm back on track. Only regained fifteen pounds, so I've got that going for me, which is nice. That's great. Everyone has slip ups every now and then, and being able to get yourself back on track is awesome. Um, do you have any last minute wishes for this weekend's pay per view? Mine would be that the fiend is still champion, or that Retribution is unmasked as the furloughed employees." Or CM Punk's idea of the children slash grandchildren of all the territorial promoters that Vince basically shut down in the 80s. Anyway, jam that jam, and I wish you guys the best. I'll be watching the live stream. Jonathan, thank you, Jonathan, for the email. Do you have any uh, last-minute wishes for payback? 
Oh, I I want a payoff to this Alexa Bliss thing. That's mm. my last minute wish. And yeah. they, you know they hinted at it again on on SmackDown, which was amazing. You got to see Nikki's soul leave her body when a mod broke. It was such a oh, I I really liked that angle and that little mm. kind of promo promo bit. But I I I have I I know who I think is the leader. Of retribution, mm-hmm. and yeah, I I'm gonna say here's who I want it to be, and it, and I can book it so it makes sense. Bear in mind that it is highly suspected that Dominic Dijakovic is the biggest guy in retribution. Yeah, Keith Lee. Keith Ooh, ooh. I mean, because Mia Yim, Mia Yim's in it as well. So it's well, supposedly, it, yeah. It, Makes really good sense for it to be Keith Lee. That's true. I just don't know if I like Keith Lee as the leader of Retribution. I feel like he's too good on his own. He doesn't need another group. He's Keith Lee. He can just go do Keith Lee things and he'll be great. I don't know if I want him to be the leader of Retribution. It would make sense. I'll give you that one. It would make sense for him to be, but hmm, But I don't know. Does he need it? Is it like an Aces and Eights kind of thing? Which we all know was a raging success. Totally, yeah. No, it was so it was so so good. It ended really well as well, from what I hear. So, oh, just one of the best storylines ever. It did. It's it's why Impact is the number one company in the US. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I don't know how I feel about Retribution being the furloughed furloughed employees. Uh. Because obviously a lot of them have gone on now anyway. Uh. To other places, it would be a bit weird for them to just mm. kind of come back. And a lot of the furloughed employees, not the released ones, are people that work in like the headquarters. So I don't think you mean the people like the writing team or any of like the social media team or anything like that. That'd be a bit weird. Um, yeah, that the idea of the children such grandchildren of all the uh, territorial promoters. That's a really cool thought. It will never happen, but it's a really no. cool thought. Well, then also. They've left it a bit long. I mean, I know we say we want more long-term booking, but that's, like, that's long-term booking. It's a solid 40-year storyline they've got going. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, thank you for the email, Jonathan. That's a really... It's a, it's a, fun, it's a fun idea. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm so... I'm weirdly excited for Payback, because... I didn't think that was possible because it's one week removed from SummerSlam. But seriously, mm. after the show, and I'm in fact, you guys will have already heard this because this is the outro. Spoilers, we're recording this outro before we record the main show. You guys would have already heard me say this on the main show. I want Roman to win. I I never thought I'd say that. I didn't think I'd be saying those words, but I want him to. I, pff, crazy. How do they do that? How do they do it? I'm I'm genuinely quite excited for the show. You traitor. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> fickle. Leave me alone. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else have you been up to uh, this past week, Adam? Because obviously it's been a whole week since we've spoken. What, what have you been up to this week? It has. Well, I, after, after we spoke about our, our snack clash last mm. week, I thought I need to come and bring another one. But I need to go all in. So I emailed a lot of my Sheppy friends to the weirdest food combination that works. Mm. It has to work or it's not a snack mm-hmm. lash. It's just an abomination of food. Yeah. 
And I got an email, and one of them really made me go, hmm. And I tried it. And it might be my new favorite barbecue dessert. Grilled pineapple and Tabasco. Hmm. 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 Okay, so you've got the kind of the the sweetness and the sourness of the pineapple, with the mm-hmm. spiciness of the Tabasco. I get. Yeah. I get how those flavors could work, but also gross. <laughs> well, it's it's similar to what we discussed last week with the chili and the chocolate. Sweet and mm. heat is always going to work. Yeah, and with with all of these things, it comes down to getting the proportions right. Yeah, particularly with Tabasco. Tabasco is just super hard. It, you know, just one drop too much or one drop too little, and the whole thing is like null and void. Yeah. But no, huge, huge fan of grilled pineapple. And Tabasco, and if you get the exact right amount of char on the pineapple, you get that sort of like smokiness as well, which mm. takes away a little bit of the the sharpness of everything. And oh, love it, love it, love it, love it. Man, gonna have to like try this, I think. But oh, I also don't want to because I feel like it'd be gross. I don't know. Um, I, I actually saw a really interesting thing uh, on. I was watching a, a, a video on a, on a YouTube channel that I watch frequently called Cosmonaut Variety Hour for anyone who wants to go check him out. I think he's hilarious. There's like film reviews and stuff like that. He's very, very funny, uh, the main guy on there. And he was talking about how um, you see a lot of the time on like these cooking shows and things like that, uh, often they'll they'll get a task. He actually used um, some footage from one of the shows uh, saying uh, the challenge was you've got to create some jalapeno poppers and there's always the one person that says, I'm going to reinvent what they think a jalapeno popper is. And I'm going to do all this extra <laughs> stuff with it. Uh, and she, she ended up serving, what was it? It was something like you had the, the inside of the jalapeno popper uh, wrapped in like pasta with some like mozzarella with this weird like peanut butter dip with popcorn and lime on it. And it was like, what what have you served? Because that's not a jalapeno popper. And she was like, I'm going to give it a Mediterranean twist. It was like, then it's not a jalapeno popper. So he was just, he, he compared it to the film he was reviewing, just being like, stop changing things that don't need to be changed. But it, I thought it was very funny. that There's always that one person on every single cooking show, anytime there's a chance, they're like, I'm going to change what they think this thing is. Every single time. I wonder how many of those would be would be considered snack lashes or how many of them would just be awful food. <laughs> More often than not, it's awful food. As you said, when you, <laughs> yeah. whenever you watch something like Master Chef or The Bake Off, mm-hmm. or what have, I been, what have I been watching on Netflix? Have you seen Nailed It on Netflix? I haven't, no. Picture The Bake Off, but everyone mm. sucks. And they get given... <laughs> so it's three people every week, and they get given things that are way outside of their league. They're like, oh, make this cake shaped like a duck. And then they just come back with what looks like a duck if it had crossed a busy highway unsuccessfully. <laughs> That's so good. And, oh, man. And, then, and then they're like, well, it looks awful, but it tastes great. And oh, it's once, once nailed it, you will die die with laughter. But no, that whole, I, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reinvent this. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Please don't. But why, though? But why, though? Don't do that. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's very good. Also, go check out mm-hmm. Cosmonaut Variety Hour. It's a great YouTube channel. Um, I need to add that. I need to add uh, nailed it to my to watch list, which is getting really long at this point. I have so many things I need to watch. Oh, mine, um, mine's, mine's huge. I need to finish Save the Last Dance, mm-hmm. the Chicago Bulls thing. I'm, I'm halfway mm-hmm. through. It's incredible. It's so yeah. good. And then oh, I've got to watch loads of the WWE Network stuff. Like all the timeline, and and I've missed a few twenty fours, mm-hmm. and I still haven't. Someone or my friends sent me the um fortieth anniversary um four K Blu Ray of Flash Gordon that I still need to still need oh, to wow. watch. Yeah, that it's, fun. It's, <laughs> I, I got I got that. I got the T shirt. I got um the entire set of Funko Pops. Yeah. Yeah, friend, friends in high places. Pete, thank you, Zoe. <laughs> canal. Amazing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm currently re-watching uh, Community uh, because uh, Michelle hasn't seen it before. Um, she not? Oh. Yeah, I know. She hadn't seen it before. So we're currently about halfway through season four at this point. Um, we're going to watch season five, and then we're going to stop because season six doesn't exist. It does um, not. Yeah, it does no, not. Yeah, try it. Try and have it in the morning. Ugh. Oh, Once I, lo- I love Dan. Dan Harlan is so good. Yeah, such totally. a good writer. Amazing. Yeah, like, amazing. Because I, I, I hadn't. Here, here's why I kind of, um, in the same way Michelle hasn't seen Community, and that's her guilty secret. Mine is up until quite recently, like very recently, one of my friends Tarek mercilessly mocked me at Magic the Gathering two weeks ago. I hadn't seen Rick and Morty. Mm. See, here's my guilty thing. I haven't seen Rick and Morty either. Uh, I've I've seen bits and pieces, and obviously I know the general gist and premise of the show, um, and I've seen the odd clip of it here and there, but I've never actually sat down to watch Rick and Morty, which is on my to-watch list, funnily enough. Uh, is, I'll, I'll get to eventually. It's so good. I recommend skipping it to after you're done with Community. <laughs> And then also the podcast Harlan Town, which is Dan Harlan's podcast, is also mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. I might need to listen to that as well. God, stop recommending good things to me, Adam. I don't have the time I, for I, I, I apologise. Don't watch my stuff. My stuff's rubbish. Watch all the stuff <laughs> I just told you about. <laughs> I need to watch Full, Full Metal Alchemist as well. Brotherhood. and That's on my to-watch list. I really need to watch that because I'm really interested in it, I think. Anyway, God, there's so much, so much content. Um, anyway, that's probably the time we've got for this episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Uh, thank it you, is. Adam, once again for coming on to the show. Datsun is going to be back next week, so this is for now the last we're going to be seeing of Adam. But I'm sure for future Wrestle Talk <sighs> projects, we'll be getting Adam involved, uh, no doubt. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on. We really do appreciate it, mate. Um, and yeah, you've been, you've been awesome. So have you, sir. So have you. It's been oh, an absolute yeah. pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you to everyone for listening. And yeah, we'll until we meet again, Swap Nation. Ah, goodbye. I love you. Indeed. Thank you very much, mate. We've got uh, the payback review coming on Monday uh, with Ali and I believe Laurie, I guess. I don't know. Because <laughs> they're doing the live reactions for payback tomorrow. And Mr. Davis has guaranteed that Luke will not be there and leave you on that one. Uh, Anyway, thank you very much for listening, everyone. I love you all. Goodbye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.